0: The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors.
1: Muy pero muy buenas tardes a todos nuestros oyentes. Nos encanta... tener la oportunidad de volverlos a saludar en este nuevo año volvemos un board como dicen y aquí estamos para empezar este nuevo año con toda la energía con toda la energía positiva y trayéndoles a ustedes brindándoles todo lo mejor para toda nuestra comunidad latina es un placer iniciar de nuevo con ustedes este este programa que cada semana cada semana traemos Invitados especiales para todos ustedes, información muy importante. También esto lo acompañamos de muy buena música y de muchísimas cosas más. Este año con muchas sorpresas, Mundo Latino viene. Así que estén preparados y qué bueno que tengamos la oportunidad de seguir disfrutando de estas dos horas de buena música, de buena información, de acompañarlos a todos ustedes Y de disfrutar, de disfrutar estas dos horitas terminando la semana de de viernes, disfrutando esta semana, los días viernes. Qué rico terminar la semana, cerrar la semana con buena música, bien informados y bien inspirados para seguir luchando cada día, ¿verdad? Eh, Un saludo para todos ustedes, para todas las personas que siempre, cada semana nos acompañan, que están ahí. Eh, Gracias por todo su apoyo, por todo su cariño. Ustedes hacen que nosotras, eh, Daisy y yo, eh, siempre estemos trabajando duro para brindarles cada semana lo mejor de lo mejor. Así que muchas gracias, muchas gracias a Dios y a todos ustedes por tener esta gran oportunidad de tener estos micrófonos abiertos para compartir con todos ustedes parte de nuestra cultura.
2: Así es, muchas gracias por sinti- sintonizar otra vez a Marta y a Daisy acá en WTBR 89.7 FM. Un nuevo año empezando nuevos retos, nuevas cosas aquí en Mundo Latino. Tenemos mucho Preparado para ustedes eh, en este año nuevo que queremos compartir, que estamos muy emocionadas, eh, nueva música como acabaron de escuchar, Celia Cruz no se puede fallar con ella, y eh, buenas entrevistas, invitados especiales como siempre, y por supuesto, mucho mucha alegría y mucho diversión acá. And welcome to Mundo Latino. And this is Martha and Daisy, and we are recording live from uh wtbr 89.7 fm pittsfield community radio it's a new year and we're very excited to be able to share this space with you this platform if this is your first time listening to us welcome it is a pleasure to have you tuning in and this is a bilingual radio show so you might have heard a little a different language and you might have been surprised and said oh what happened here it's the same mundo latino and we like to talk in english and in spanish and everyone here like we like like we like to say we welcome listeners of all nations and we play all kinds of music we play a little bit of salsa merengue bachata in fact the last song you just heard by Celia Cruz famous salsa artist um, she was actually the song was actually recommended to me by a friend Uh, who I work with, who is actually from the United States. He loves a song. He loves the music, Latin music. And he says that he loves dancing to the song whenever he gets the chance. So I hope that all of you will have this similar experience here with our show. And again, thank you so much for tuning in.
1: Y que este 2023 arrasemos con todo, con todo, con todo, que estemos llenos de planes, de sueños, que todos nuestros sueños se hagan realidad, que se hagan una realidad, que todas nuestras familias y todos nosotros disfrutamos a través de todo este año. De muchísima salud, de muchísima prosperidad y que todos esos proyectos, todos esos sueños se hagan una realidad para todos nosotros. Así que ese es el deseo de Mundo Latino, recordando tus raíces. No olviden que Mundo Latino está todos los viernes de 4 a 6 de la tarde en WTVR en el 89.7 FM en Peacefield Community Radio. Did
2: you recently get married, have a child or move to Massachusetts? If so, you may qualify for subsidized insurance through the state's Health Connector. At Community Health Programs (CHP), our insurance experts help you to find the plan that's right for you. Call CHP to set up your free, confidential online appointment. We can help you find a plan that's right for you so you get to so you can get and keep health insurance. Call today at 413 Eight five four two eight one six four one three eight five four two eight one six, or visit us at chpberkshires.org
1: And this is Mundo Latino Recordando Tus Raíces
3: We get in- Every night When they're
4: Roberto, dile a Ley y yo soy amando, fomando
5: escándalos Papá, God.
6: Es un regalo de muy poco valor Sé muy bien que si yo fuera a medir La alegría que me ha dado tu amor No, no había forma de empezar A contar cada mañana Cada luna y cada sol Esta canción no te puede decir Aunque puedan mis palabras hablar cómo no duele que ya no estés aquí Lo difícil que fue verte marchar Tiene un triste final Y yo no sé si la vuelva a cantar Tiene que ver con el ayer que viví Y que quisiera y poder olvidar No, no es culpa tuya mía Es esta manita Más sabe yo
2: Recordando Tus Raíces, welcoming listeners on all nations on WTBR 89.7 FM Pittsfield Community Radio. And I know we had talked about how we were starting the new year off with very special surprises and special guests and important conversations that are to be had. None other than here in Mundo Latino. And today is not the exception. We have two spectacular people here in the community that I am excited for you all to get to know and listen to. We have some very interesting discussion questions that we will get to, but um, I'm pleased to welcome to Mundo Latino Kevin Rodriguez and Melissa Canavan, who are here to talk to us about um, what we call the Latinx Roundtable. So here we have a discussion on all things what it's like to grow up here being Latino, um, coming from different backgrounds, and really how this community, um, talking about their community and their stories and a little bit about their very, very interesting lives and the important work that they're doing here in our community in the Berkshires. So welcome again, Kevin and Melissa. It's our pleasure to have you here on Mundo Latino. And if you could just go around and tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, introduce, and um, yeah, we'll get started.
7: Great, I'll go first. (laughs) Um, My name is Melissa Canavan, as Daisy said. Um, I'm originally from California, born and raised, and um, my parents are from Mexico City originally, and um, so I grew up a dancer out there on the west coast, and then I found myself in the Berkshires roughly seven years ago, interning at Jacob's Pillow, and then I pretty much stayed there, so I've been here for about seven years now, and um, I work at the Mehewe Performing Arts Center as a Spanish language community advisory network manager.
0: It's gonna be hard to top. (laughs) Uh, hello, everyone. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting over being sick. Uh, my name is Kevin Rodriguez. Um, my parents were born in Puerto Rico. Um, my mother came um, to the United States when she was six years old. Um, so the United States have always been someplace that I come from. And my family's really not specifically like lived completely, I guess, because my grandparents moved back and forth. My My mother went back and forth. But United States have always been a place that I guess I was made in the sense of my parents met here it's always been a part of me on top of being from my family being from Puerto Rico um, originally my parents met in New Jersey um, I was born in New Jersey um, trouble followed my family in New Jersey so we moved to the Berkshires um, been here since I was four years old um, so around like 94 95 um, and just one thing that I've noticed is it's grown. The community of Hispanics in the Berkshires have grown um, slowly but surely. And it's great to see every, every kind of person from every walk of life, especially people that look like us and sound like us. Um, um, before I go into my job now, previously I worked at Mass High Berkshire Career Center um, and that's where I met Daisy. Um, I would help youth with um, finding employment resumes, kind of working with whatever the opportunity is with them to help them find and sustain a job or some sort of um, income, really. Um, At this point right now, I currently work at um, the Department of Transitional Assistance in Pittsfield as a SNAP caseworker. So I'm at that level where I'm still helping people, but mostly around the state of Massachusetts.
2: Wonderful. And you both have incredible jobs and work that you're doing currently in the community. So how did you really get to that point where um, you've grown as much in your careers and and really given back to the Latino community and really honored kind of your heritage? I know, Melissa, you're doing a lot of work with the performing arts and you're connecting with different organizations like Latinas 413. And Kevin, you're helping out a lot of youth. What has that been like for you guys in your work?
0: Oh, okay. Um, For me, I feel like the one thing is stay true to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to be someone in a community or help someone because I've always wanted that for myself. I grew up um, not completely in poverty, but it was times where it was hard to figure out what we're doing the next day, whether it was food or, like, what activities or um, whatever we're doing as a family. And the family unit was me and my mother and my older brother. So always wanting to be able to do more and experience more and just staying true to myself in the sense of I know where I come from and I would go to school for example and I would hear a teacher talk a certain way maybe a certain language, English probably and I would go home and my mother's cooking rice and beans and Salsa's playing in the background and she's telling me to hurry up in Spanish come downstairs so dinner's almost done. So it's always been So, I I think when I was younger, I would play two sides of the field because at one point I would be a different, I would sound different at school than I would sound at home. So I think staying true to myself and trying to blend who I am and kind of put that out in the community and put that out so everyone could feel it. Like, you don't have to be just a Latino or feel like you're a Latino at home or with your family, or you don't feel like you have to fit in to feel like you're with this group outside of that. There's more to that. And I think overall, my, my overall was to help everyone. And I guess, because of my heritage and the community that we all come from, it's all very similar at points, so it's easier to kind of connect and blend that together, whether it's I'm Puerto Rican or if I'm talking to someone that's Dominican or Colombian or Salvadorian. There's always a little bit of blend in all of that culture.
7: Mm-hmm. I think just to kind of add to that, I think that's the nice thing about being in the Berkshires is there's a really broad spectrum of nationalities here, which you know I'm like I said I'm from California, so Oh, there's a lot of Mexicans out there so you don't necessarily see like a broad sweep because the majority at least growing up the majority was primarily like Mexican households and friends and family that I would I had the fortune to like have at least one or two in my classroom so I was never the only one if you will but out here it's you get to see this really nice blend Um that has taught me a lot, to be honest, because I think that's maybe something that I was missing as much diversity in terms of nationalities that I had back home. Um, this, this space, this place, this community has really offered a different perspective and, and has allowed me to grow into my work um, that makes me feel like I want to um, use my knowledge and the resources and the privilege that I've had to really uh, help other people who have these strong passions and visions that just need like a little bit of guidance or a little bit of help in the right direction because um, we got some really just amazing Latinos in this community who are doing some great things that uh, excite me but maybe it's not my exact passion in life but I know it's theirs and I've been lucky enough to get my masters and I've been lucky enough to be in the nonprofit world for um, almost 10 years now so there's just something for me that makes me want to help others naturally because um, it's the work I've been doing but I just you know growing up just kindness has always been important giving back in some kind of way whether it's just being supportive um, emotionally or supportive in an educational way I think that that's been kind of my guiding force if you will out here in the Berkshires
2: yeah and I mean like as a first generation person it's kind of like you you really want to to replicate you've grown up seeing your parents as role models and and seeing the work that they do in in their I remember like when I was young you know seeing my mom volunteering at all these spaces and And just being like so loud and outspoken and saying, you know, I want to be exactly like her and I want to do that type of work. Do you feel like your family was kind of like that role, those role models for you in the work that you do today?
7: I'd say 100 percent. My parents are amazing individuals. Uh, Like I was fortunate enough that they had me later in life. So, I mean, that says one thing. I think it's stereotype is. Latino community they have kids when they're you know younger and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's the only uh, (laughs) type of way there are others who I mean at this point too, our parents who just have been making strides so it almost feels like the stereotype is kind of diminishing which is really nice Um, but they had me later so they were really able to build a foundation so that when I you know was born I didn't feel certain pressures per se that maybe other either kids or first-generation families might feel in terms of having to work or in terms of having to, you know, provide in different kinds of ways to support their family, but instead I did feel like, oh my gosh, my parents have created something that I am fortunate enough to experience now. So like, let's build on that legacy. Let's really push. and. Yes, of course. Like my parents was, like many, telling you go to college, go to college, go to college, (laughs) Um, and I did that, and it's I don't regret it one bit. um, But it's it's interesting because as I've gotten older, I've learned to really appreciate you know that other part of me that Mexican American side of me that's uh, just has something unique in terms of. You're really close with your family. There are those cultural things that you get yeah. to uh, appreciate, like good food, good music, good this. You know, like there's just so many pieces that uh, maybe some of our other friends don't necessarily have in their households all the time. But um, yeah, it just it's made me realize like I'm really proud of where I'm coming from, the people who have laid a foundation, and like I just want to keep pushing for them to, to show them like your hard work is not being unseen. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's really propelled me to be the first of our family to have a master's so that's really nice
0: well that's an awesome story Um, (laughs) uh for me i feel like one of the earliest memories i have as a kid was um i wasn't in school yet and my mom would go to um i feel like it was bcac used to be on west street in pittsfield or not west street is that columbus ave used to be some building there and she would help um translate for people like she would just be there to like on her own time help translate for other Hispanics to the workers in this building. And I would be a kid there with like, I remember being like, mom, why are we here? Right? (laughs) Like as a kid, you're like, why are we, why can't we just like go home and play video games or go to the park? But then I I look back and my mom's always been kind of that person that just like, she would give the shirt off her back. And it's always been, my mom would be the, just that, that guiding force that like, even my, my fiance sees it, my kids see it and, um. I feel like that's always been that driving force of me. Like I wanted to do good. Cause I seen my mother do, do good. Um, I grew up, like I said earlier, like in, in situations where money wasn't always readily readily available and funds weren't available all the time. So I always wanted to be able to provide, but also do something where it just felt good. Yeah. Right. Like I just want to be able to know that I'm doing something that felt, felt good for me. And I feel like I was in high school navigating and, um, for being honest, I was not the greatest student in high school. I was just just flying by and then um broke the broke the stereotype or added to it in a sense because I had my first child when I was a senior in high school. So then that was my motivating force of like, Kevin, you need to get your stuff together. And uh I I did. I was like, you know what, I have a child that I have to provide for and part of it is probably just the way I grew up where my mom was like, I have a kid that I have to provide for, forget everything else. My kid goes first and then it would figure that out. Um, and then that, that came into play. And that's also motivated me to like want better because I remember being young, a young person, 18, 19, not having a father figure readily available, not there. How am I gonna do this? How am I, I have a daughter. What am I gonna do when she turns 16? Oh my God, like stuff like that, that you're not thinking of. And then it was like, I I started working with, I think in high school, my first job was working with kids. So then I just realized like that male role model kind of needs to be there. Mm -hmm. And then I first started off with just like a lot of kids that I worked with in after school programs, it was really mom. It wasn't wasn't specifically a white, black, Latino, anything like that. It was like, it's usually mom. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool that they come here and like, they want to play games with me. It's really cool. I appreciate that because I know they're probably missing something at home that I'm I'm providing for maybe two and a half three hours. Then it's then it starts breaking off, and you could kind of see like some kids need that guidance from a male m- role model, whether it's just like the honest the brute honesty of like man, that's not right. Like you shouldn't be acting like that. That's not how you treat people, or to just be like you know what man, I get where you're coming from. Um, you know. So it's it's really been that that level of trying to figure that out, and I think. And and what I was saying is staying true, right? Like, we could sit here and talk, and, and we always. I think a, a inside joke for the Latin community is we joke with each other about like our food, our culture of just mm-hmm. like our parents, abuelas, you know, like, right? right, Like if you don't if you don't clean that bathroom right, you know you're gonna get a chancla, right? Like, right, you're gonna get that or. O cocota, I, I grew up on a cocotazo, so like that's bow, what bow. I would get, right? <laughs> right? So like, there's always these inside jokes, and then it's easy when you say one of those to yourself, and then someone else hears it and like, oh my god, that happens to you too. My well, it hits me all the time, and it's like, oh, maybe. All right, let's take a yeah. Like, let me not have to. Let's take a step back. But yeah, no, I get it, right? Like we're in that same boat together, and I think that's to me what I just want people to understand, especially people within our community. That's just like. If you ever get to know me, you could ask me any question you want and feel free that I'll give you the answer that it might not be the answer you're looking for, but I'll give you the most direct answer that I have for you because I would want that for myself. I want people to know that I will treat them the way that treat me the way that I'll treat you. I don't care about anything else. The the part of what we grew up, especially me growing up here, I grew up when I, I was the only Hispanic kid in my class. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Having to, I remember going home as a kid, and I think I might have told you the story, easy. I went home as yeah. a kid, I think, in kindergarten, asked my mom if I was Indian, because like, that's what kids <laughs> thought I was, because of my skin <laughs> complexion. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was like, mira, you know what you are. And then we had that talk, and it was so weird, because I, I have an older brother, and as you know, in Latin communities, you could be, my skin complexion is lighter, and my brother is pretty dark. So yeah. it's like... And we would joke around about stuff like that like are we really brothers like oh, what are we doing here and it would my <laughs> mom would just be getting so mad as a mother she would just like i'll beat both of you right now <laughs> stop playing like that um but like you know you didn't i didn't know that as a kid as a five-year-old six-year-old and then like growing up the more i got into it and then like the little things of like seeing athletes seeing people on tv that mm-hmm. like i grew up a baseball fan so a lot of a lot of baseball players are Latino. And then I'm like, oh, my God, he's from Puerto <laughs> Rico. And then, like, I grew up, I think I remember being 10 or 11 years old and realizing, like, Roberto Clemente and how much he meant yeah. to, like, just not even Puerto Ricans but the Latin community of just everything he's ever done. And it's like, man, that's someone that you want to be like,
1: yeah, right? Like, that's
0: sure. that's someone that, like, you you want to emulate and be like, he did everything he could till his last – he went out doing everything he was trying to do to help everyone, anyone – so it's, I it's, think a lot of that, not weighs on me, but plays a role in, okay, I want to just help. What can we do? What is the next steps? Um, and, I, and even the Latin thing, being Latino, and just like, all right, man, I get it. I was there. I was in your shoes living in this, in Berkshire County in 2002 when they were just like, what are you?
2: <laughs> like, right?
0: Like, so I get I get some of it, and it's come a long way, but of course it could always be better.
2: Yeah. I will
7: say similar to that, when I moved here, I was in our database at Jacob's Pillow, because I was working in the box office, and I went to type in Martinez, because that was my last name before I got married. I was the only Martinez in the system, and I thought that was the most absurd thing in the planet, because coming from California, there's like 50 other (laughs) Martinez that I'm not related to, to be clear. But it was like, that was the new norm, moving out here, and that was really, like, weird, because it was just, like, it, it was the first time I kind of felt, like, other, in a way. Yeah. Right. Um, and it was, like, my personal, I guess, how I personally felt about it in that moment, because I was younger, I hadn't met the Latino community out here, so it, it's not that there wasn't anybody here, it's just, that, like, you know, like... I'm just living on the it's mountain different, at the time, right? yeah. so it's different, and I and I truly didn't know anybody at that time, too, because it was just the people that I, I interned with um, at the time, because um, that was right before I moved, but it was, yeah, it was really just me, so it, yeah. I did felt yeah. like by myself for a second.
1: Daisy, ahora vamos a hacer un pequeño resumen para nuestra comunidad latina, personas que quieren saber de qué es lo que estamos hablando y también, por supuesto, muy curiosos de conocer a nuestros grandes invitados que tenemos el día de hoy.
2: Por supuesto que sí, eh, ahorita estamos hablando con Kevin Rodríguez y con Melissa Martínez, que nos están contando un poco de sus anécdotas, eh, no sé si estoy pronunciando eso bien, de eh, sus historias creciendo acá como hijos de latinos y eh, creciendo con la herencia hispana eh, hablándonos de como cuando crecieron en las escuelas Kevin creció acá en Berkshire County es de papás puertorriqueños bueno, mamá puertorriqueña Melissa, ella viene de California y sus papás son mexicanos y nos están hablando un poquito de sus trabajos, Kevin trabaja Ahorita en el DTA, él es asistente, ha trabajado en Mass Hire como ayudante para jóvenes, asesorándolos con trabajos, cómo se hacen resumes, entrevistas de trabajo, eh, todo ese tipo de... Él hacía, Melissa ahorita es eh, supervisora de SCAN eh, de Mahawi. Entonces nos están hablando un poquito de sus roles y de el, la influencia que han tenido sus papás viéndolos desde pequeños, cómo ayudaban a sus comunidades, cómo daban a los otros hispanos en sus comunidades en California y en acá en los Berkshires. Kevin nos estaba contando que su mamá traducía a los otros latinos acá en Pacefield Y Melissa nos estaba contando desde que ella fue la primera persona en su familia que se obtuvo su eh, master's degree. Entonces, muy buenas anécdotas y eh, que nos están ofreciendo acá Melissa y Kevin.
1: Sí, claro que sí. Y es que siempre hemos tenido invitados que son latinos que han hecho una carrera acá, que han llegado, eh, digamos, trabajando en un restaurante, que ahorita ocupan puestos de directores o puestos en un banco o eso, pero es la primera vez que tenemos como ese, esa perspectiva de personas que son americanas, pero que son hijos de latinos, tienen esa, ese mix de esas dos culturas, de estas dos culturas que es tan enriquecedor. Entonces eh, estamos privilegiadas de tenerlos a ustedes en el día de hoy y súper interesante la historia de ustedes.
2: Exactly, and yeah, I want to get back to the first generation thing. Like, I I can relate to what you said, Kevin. Being the first Hispanic in in my grade, my only other friend was um, uh, another black girl named Ally, and I just remember like looking at other Hispanics and and feeling like I was all alone and isolated sometimes. And that feeling of being different and then coming home and my mom saying, giving me the talk of, you're not different. You're just as like, I don't feel American. I don't feel Latino. Where am I from? Who am I? And her being like, you're just as good as any other white kid in your class. You're twice as special. You speak two languages. You do this. You have this background, this food and stuff. How did you, and, and my friends also being like, can you say some words in Spanish? Where do you come from? Are you related to Pablo Escobar? Like all these right. questions. How did you really kind of deal with that growing up and feeling like you don't really fit in with one group or the other?
0: Um, I feel like, it, even what you're saying, I feel like one of my first friends when I remember starting school um, was a black kid named Kevin. And I feel like that's where, we're, like, <laughs> it was, like, the connection was for a minute. And then, like, I was like, man, like, there's more Kevins out there, like, I think, <laughs> as a kid. like, um, But it was really, I think, like I said, I think for the – during my youth, like, really young when it was, like, I was a certain person in school where I was just, like, you know, I'm just going to hang out with, like, all the regular kids that, like, at the time it was all white kids. Like, those were the kids that I'm I'm fitting in with. That's my friend group. And then at home, it was, like, I grew up in a a housing project. So, like, I grew up, and not all the kids I went to school with were the same kids that I lived with. So, like, even at that level, like, I would go to school and play tag. And me and my friends would come back and throw rocks at moving cars because that's what we thought was funny because cars would just, like, you know, chase us. Like, we're just bad. We're just, like, bad apples at that point sometimes. So, like, it was two different, like, almost two different lives I was living. And I remember just, like... I can't go to school and act like this because I know, like, I'll be in trouble.
8: Yeah.
0: And then, like, at school, like, if I act like this here, they're going to call me, like, a square. Like, I was just (laughs) like, right? So it was really, like, trying to figure that out. And I think as I grew older, there's always at least, like, one or two Hispanic people around, whether I was friends with them or not. But it was always, like, either a mutual respect almost, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you just had that respect, whether it was, like, all right, I know where he comes from and, like, I will leave him alone. Why? You don't see his mom? she's out she's reliable to come outside with uh chancleta and get us off and they're like what are you talking about I'm like you know what i'm just gonna leave it alone i'm gonna leave it alone because i'm not getting hit with a chancleta and they're like what is that like you know what never mind. (laughs) but it was always that like kind of i think maybe one or two and then as i got older i think my best friend who's still my best friend now we met in middle school and it's so funny because i remember um when i met him I knew, I heard of him, and it, his name was Calvin, and his, his name is Calvin, and I was like, man, I hate this guy. He almost has the same name as me, <laughs> and then, like, we grew up together from middle school, and he's um, another person from Puerto Rico that just, like, he lived there his the majority of his life before he came to America, well, I think nine or ten maybe when he came, and we would have different conversations of, like, it's like, man, I remember going to school, and I had to wear, I get to wear nice clothes to school in my uniform, but then when I got home, I couldn't wear shoes, like, I lived in... And then, like, in the poor part where, like, I'm not wearing my school clothes, which are my only pair of sne- sneakers I have, shoes I have. I couldn't wear that to go play outside because it was I – mean, I can't get that dirty. And I'm like, man, that's so different because, like, I'm Puerto Rican too, but I never lived that. I always lived here. I never lived in the culture. And then it got to that point even sometimes with him. He's like, how do you know Spanish and not speak it? And then he'll be like, just try me. And we will test me every <laughs> once in a while. Like, he'll just come out and say a random word. And I'm like, right. he's like, oh, how do you, like, you got to figure that out. And I'm like, I know. And I feel like I've been saying that for the longest, but, like, <laughs> it's always been that commonality. And then I think with him, when I became friends and we started hanging out more and more, it was always that, like, brotherhood. It's almost like this un- it's weird to say it, like, um, like that brotherhood of, like, a community that you just don't talk about. You just know about it. It's like yeah. you know the rules. You know the expectations. You mm-hmm. kind of leave that on the table, and then there's just, like, yeses and nos to it, right? Like, there's just, mm-hmm. like no, you're not going to put each other down in this derogatory term. You could talk trash to each other. That's always how <laughs> it is, right? Especially over sporting events or like who's better at this and like whose mom cooks the better rice or who cooks the, the better gondoles yeah. and all this stuff, right? Like you could have those conversations, but there's a certain certain level to it that's unsaid. Yeah. And it's so cool because it's like you don't see that. I don't think you see that with any other like race or culture. Like yeah. you just know, you know where you stand with each other. And it's weird because then I, I noticed that like I mean, we'd see it all the time on, on the internet and memes where like people just like, you see, I don't wanna specifically call out a race or anything like, oh, can I just touch your hair? Can I just do this? And you're just like, you could just look at each other and, and being like, not even know each other, just know the community you're a part of and know that you're who you are and just be like, I wouldn't do that. I, I just wouldn't, you know, cause we all, and that's the cool thing about even the Hispanic culture and the Latino culture, like we all look different. Yeah. But somehow, some way, there's something that blends us that we're still the
2: same. That unites mm-hmm. us. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's
0: not like you could sit here. I could have straight hair. You could have curly hair. You could have dark skin. I could have light skin. Um, I could have freckles. You don't have freckles. But there's going to be just like there's still something there that's just connect us. That's mm-hmm. just like we're... I don't know, and the funny thing is, it's like cousins, right? So it's like, yeah, somehow we're still cousins, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's that's the kind of like the funny thing of like you have so many cousins, and it's like, really you think about it, you probably do,
8: yeah. like
0: we're all connected at some point, right? And Whether you will we
8: never meet one. Right. <laughs> some of <those> too.
1: Right. <laughs> right. We have a lot of similarities besides of just the language, yeah. the culture, yeah. the, the how we grow up, um, right. household, household well, family, and
2: there's
7: a lot of good memes out there right now Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) very good memes one of my favorite things is seeing um on instagram the reels it's like how different countries pronounce the spanish word
0: i saw one the other day yes i literally
2: when i started hearing all the other ways to
7: say i was just like Oh my God! Like I, my mind was blown. Right. I was just like, I've said popote my entire life, and now I am You don't know say what
2: pitillo. Say. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh,
7: but yeah, no. It, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier too, about just having so many nationalities because it made me realize I'm just like, no, like, just because I'm Mexican doesn't mean like everyone has a, the same story or background no. right. or way yeah. growing up, like. There's inside jokes like we just talked about, and like there's similarities, but the truth is there's still authenticity in each one of our, you know, cultures and nationalities, household, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think um, that's what makes it exciting. And it makes me feel like I'm constantly growing too. So that like I'm not just making assumptions just because I'm Latino doesn't mean like, oh yeah, now I know everybody's story and and, like how they grew up. No, I mean, if anything, it just kind of makes me feel like fortunate to be a part of this, like, really s- diverse and exciting culture that, like, again, unites us in this, right. like, really mm-hmm. exciting way, and, um I like, I, I've mentioned before, too, it's, like, as I've gotten older, I've really gotten to appreciate this side of me, and, and maybe it's because I understand, like, the efforts that my parents and my family made, too, and I've gotten to really just Put into context because now you know, like now I'm has have a job and now I'm paying bills and now I'm doing all these things that they had to do, but they had to do more. They had to learn English. They had right. to yeah. They had to figure out a whole nother country, whereas I didn't. And I think that's that's kind of where it's like going back to to the legacy piece. That's kind of where I feel like okay, they did the hardest part, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Right. Um, or maybe a hard part. Some people would argue that like you know the things.
0: Generation-wise, right? Yeah, Yeah, that we Mm
7: -hmm. have to go through or experience is—it has its own validity in being difficult and like a challenge. And you know, I I don't want to—you know—disregard that because I think I think we've all had our own challenges to get
0: as we are now. Life's a roller coaster, exactly. And I think you saying that makes me think. Like, um, my grandmother recently passed away a couple months ago, um, but she lived in the United States, didn't? really speak english didn't want to really speak english my grandfather helped provide because he was the worker and she stayed home and was the the um mom and like took care of the house and never got her license was fine with that and was just fine with being home and reading the bible (laughs) was really just fine with that and that was just who that who that lady was and it's like thinking back on what you're saying like man i don't know how i could move around life without a license. Like the, <laughs> just a simple yeah. thing of like, and now you see a lot of things where signs are are have English and Spanish, and Spanish. on it. Yeah, and I, I remember crazy. first seeing it, and I think when I first seen it when I was younger, it was like Springfield area because there's a a big Latin community yeah, in Springfield CDs. for a while, Springfield Holyoke, so you would see that, and I'm like, man, why do they don't have this in Pittsfield? And then mm-hmm. one day, like it's just like, I don't know, one day companies or businesses were like, maybe we're not hitting all our demographics or something, whatever. But now you see it more, and then you think back, like, man, how did my parents or how my out. grandparents? Yeah. How did they figure out like the simple things of like how to go pay a bill?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right. Like where do you go? With they didn't have iPhones, you couldn't just press submit payment on your phone <laughs> no. back then, right? No, it was like you had to go someplace to go pay that bill, and if the person at the counter only spoke English, how are they going to figure that, that out, out, right?
2: Yeah. It's crazy. I um the. The growth here is just amazing because I talk to my mom all the time and I'm like, did you have this? And she's like, no. Did you have translators and people who speak Spanish who are bilingual at like different like clinics and stuff? No. Like, and she tells me I came here over 20 years ago and there was only white people. The only thing you saw was white people. And now it's just crazy. It's like this explosion of different like helps, different things that weren't like available back then.
1: Yes. Now it's very different i came to this country 22 years ago and i i have to speak english or even in sign (laughs) sign Mm. language (laughs) (coughs) but um, right now we have a, a lot of our latin community is growing a lot and in every organization they have a bilingual person so that's a great advance for us
2: And I think with you guys, it's so what's so special because when I first met you, I like I was like nervous to join SCAN and stuff. And and when I saw you, I was like, yes, another Latina. And like I think just seeing you guys in the positions that you're in as like this like teen and like I didn't really have that. Like I didn't have like older like there were other Hispanic kids at my high school, but like everyone was kind of in their own thing. And I think that's kind of what happens when you grow up here. You're kind of in your own thing and you and you see someone else and like you have that respect like you talked about Kevin but like you're you're kind of in your own world but um when i saw you guys it was like having older role models and be like oh my god there's someone else who looks like me who kind of understands you know my background and my story and i think what's so important is that like i know that like you guys you know understand and we can connect through that and like we're both like you've made it through you've made it through and like you understand and are here to guide other teens and I, my qu- next question for you guys is, is there any advice that you have for teens right now, Latino teens who just came to this country or who are first gen, um, about like growing up here or future goals? Any little bits of advice or anything that you want to share? Um,
0: I would say like, I was just listening to what you were saying and I was thinking like, I already consider latinos being like a little bit superior than everyone else right that's just (laughs) that's my personal opinion but growing up right like sometimes you have to be that translator for your mom yeah sometimes you got to be that translator for your your parent or whoever is here with you whether it's your uncle your aunt your grandparents sometimes and and it helps us in a sense grow up a little bit more mature quicker and i think for the most part i've seen that a lot where like you know, young, when I was, especially when I was younger, like I would see, especially like my friend, for example, like when he would get in trouble at school or something like that, his mom's English wasn't the greatest. So sometimes it would be his sister, or him having to translate that in school yeah. for whatever reason. And I feel like that gives us that opportunity to see things from the other point of view as a parent or as an adult or as a more mature person out of that situation. Um, and I think when you're young, especially like first gen, or if you're, just came here recently um take advantage of like of those situations because then in the long run you're going to see that bigger picture because you're not seeing it now as a kid like oh they're calling my mom into school because I got a d in this class like now I got to sit here and like like yeah it it sucks I don't even know what else to tell you probably sucks to sit there and having to translate your teacher saying that you suck as a student right now to your mom And your mom's telling you in Spanish that you're gonna get home and you're gonna get it, right? And then you're still having the teacher's like, "What is she saying?" And you're just like, "Nothing." Like she's just saying that we're gonna talk when we get home, and that's not that's not actually what you're gonna do. Um, but like that maturity level that gets there and kind of like I think you gotta have to embrace it a little, because at the end of the day, what I've learned for myself is like, guess what? Like I said, there's the commonalities, there's a community, there's all this, um, but you gotta want it for yourself. You can't mm-hmm. just like look at each other and say like, "Man, I see that person doing good. They kind of look like me. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with living like them." Like, no, you gotta want something for yourself mm-hmm. to build for yourself. And I think that maturity starts at that young age because you're sometimes that's what it is when you're first gen or if your parents just came here or whatever the case may be. Sometimes you have to be almost an adult, and it sucks in that moment because yeah. you just that's not who you want to be. But you have to like understand like, okay. There's times and places for things And you gotta realize all right, there's steps to this And I think as I grew up I didn't really have that that much I mean maybe more Mostly like my mom's like What is she saying Like I don't get the words That she's actually using More than anything But it was always like I was always there To kind of help guide my mom A little bit My mother never finished school So like She's Got by But not all the time So then at the At points where I'm like Alright they're saying this They're saying this And even now Sometimes she'll get like A letter in the mail And I'm trying to help her Decipher like language in it because it's just like sometimes you read the letter that i don't know agency sends and it's like what are they actually saying (laughs) just tell me what you want from me like right so um i've learned that like that maturity and that helped me that helped me find my my stride a little because i'm like man it was cool to help my mom it was cool to be this young kid to help a grown adult
2: and have a good relationship because i see like a lot of american teens and um uh, or some other families and they're like and they're like ugh, mom like oh but then you grow so close with your parents and you have like it's like almost like you're a team and like you're that good of like friends and you're helping each other out in whatever way you can that i think you really can't trade for anything
0: yeah i was uh, i was one of those kids though i was like ugh, my mom yuck i was always like <laughs> yeah. that but now as an adult like even then um used to be like a running not a gag or anything like that but i remember like the one thing that would get me mad when I was younger is you talk about my mom like that's like to me that was like fighting words like go ahead say something about my mom and see what happens <laughs> we'll just figure that out I just dare you please do but um I grew now that I'm an adult and I'm at a different stage in my life as a parent and my mom as a grandparent and like even that she's grown so much because my mother came here and she had my older brother really young and was trying to figure out her life and then figure out life with me eventually and just try to just maneuver in a way that she was comfortable now that she's older and kind of more of like I don't know I feel like that Latin fire isn't in her as much as it was when I was a kid <laughs> like if I would go home and stub my toe and yell the F word I would just get popped <laughs> nowadays my mom's just like seriously you're really gonna say that in my house <laughs> so like she's more mellow than she's ever been till now I, I appreciate her in that manner of like man mom I don't I can't believe you dealt with me I can't believe you dealt with my brother I can't believe like how you maneuvered around this. Or even, like I said, my grandmother and my grandfather. My grandfather could speak a, a little bit of English when he was still alive, but they stuck to their roots. They lived in, in situations in like, communities where, um like, Hartford, Connecticut, where there was a nice amount of Spanish population, Springfield. Um, when we lived in in New, York, New Jersey, there was a nice amount of Hispanics, too. So it was always, like, that. we lived in the community as a family, for the most part, lived in a community where you could relate to who you live with. Your neighbors were your neighbors were like your family. And that's what I think that Latin community also brings too. Like if you live within that community, it's totally fine to go ask the lady next door for a cup of sugar. You yeah. don't feel like you're invasive or anything. Cause if it was the other way around, you'd be like, why are you even asking? You know, just come inside and grab it, right? That's always kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. been like, and I've talked about that with other people, how like um, if you're from like your own country, right? your like like their, their home country. A lot of the times, like the kids would go outside and play and there'll be one older adult usually someone's like great grandmother grandmother that's outside watching the kids (laughs) (laughs) well
8: while while
0: everyone out like the the parents are inside cooking or dad's out doing something right like you're all there's there's like one designated babysitter that does not get paid like it's not she's (laughs) just hanging out that's she's having fun like the kids even though she's not having fun like the kids and that's always kind of like the community thing and that's just like sometimes gets lost in translation especially now like it's just like that's not how it is now i guess especially like in the community we live in and at the same time it's just like it's lost in that Mm -hmm. shuffle but like if you have that family which i wish i still had like it's just really in, in Pittsfield now it's me my mom and my kids and my fiance and my kids are both mixed kids so they're half puerto rican they only see my half of of the family thing and my mom's just like there mom's there and she does as much as she can like my kids my son doesn't really eat much, but my daughter like looks forward, and my fiance too. It's like, what's for, what's Christmas dinner? It's like Benin. Oh yeah, I love when your mom cooks penne. Like, right no, no, penne. We call that penne in the house. Like, nice try. Right, right. <laughs> like is she cooking rice? Like come on, Let me ask this question. You know what it is. It's, uh, it's always like that. But I think the little things and um. I was telling you before we got on air, like I want to bring my kids to Puerto Rico eventually, soon, to just like embrace it and feel it and just be like, man, this is where, this is the motherland, right? This is where we we started. The roots, right? The
9: roots, the roots. It's
2: true. I I don't know if you guys have had these experiences, but um, I, when I had the chance to visit um or like see my grandma for the first time, go back to Colombia. It was like, it was it was a completely different world. And it was just, but it didn't even feel like that strange to me because ever since I was little, my mom had introduced these bits of my culture to me, traditions that, that we had, the language, the food. Um, every every breakfast she makes, it's some traditional thing from Colombia. It's um, chocolate con queso. <laughs> 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 it's different foods and stuff. And I, I'm really thankful that I got that introduction. And I know that like, I was like, I would tell my friends, I'd be like, do you guys have this too? Do you eat this too? And she's like, no, we just eat cereal and milk. <laughs> <laughs> You're
8: like,
2: You're out. <laughs> She'd be like, what's that? <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's it's nice. And, and those traditions that live on through generations, I think it's it's just so beautiful and so unique um, that, that I really wouldn't really trade for the world, I think. I, I was asked like the other day, I think, like, would you have rather been born um in Colombia or Mexico instead. And I said no because I really get I really feel that I get the best of both worlds, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. For
7: sure. I um so I've only been to Mexico City three times and partially because the first two times I was a kid, but I got sick uh oh, em- yeah. those two times and it <laughs> basically it's probably the elevation is why I got sick. So like, it had been essentially years since I even considered going back one because I was nervous about getting sick again. I was just like, I don't want these You're like, I
0: remember when I was eight. <laughs>
7: like, yeah, no. But then it's like I got busy with my own life, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like I said before, I was a dancer, so I was just, like, constantly, like, not available to take a, a few days off. But um, so my – to give more context too, my dad's side of the family is mostly in Mexico City still uh, on my mom's side my grandma my uncles and then a bunch of her cousins and aunts live like in East LA but also like in various other places too in Southern California and so I grew up with my mom's side of the family so that's where like the closeness and like I really got to engage in in that kind of family community lifestyle Mm -hmm. and um but I like I said I didn't get to really get close to my dad's side so I I went probably it was like 2018 or 2019 is when I went back for the first time in like years um and I was fine (laughs) luckily I was (laughs) fine but I will say you know as much as it was exciting to be like oh this is cool like I get to to enjoy like certain traditional aspects of it I will say it, it kind of did feel a little weird. Yeah. Because, for like, sure. I don't, I'm not close to his side of the family. I can speak Spanish and I can enjoy the fact that this is my family, my blood, and I respect my dad. And, and
0: there's levels to family. <laughs> 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 but,
7: but, like, I, I mean, they don't know me and I hardly know them, too. So yeah. it's almost like you're trying to reconnect because the last time I saw some of my cousins, they didn't have kids. They saw me as a kid. Like, so now I'm all of a sudden an aunt and uncle to like God knows how many kids that I'm meeting for the first time. I don't even know how I'm (laughs) aunt and uncle when they're not siblings, but my parents have explained this millions of times and I will never understand (laughs) how that works. But, you know, I think like I will say that's the con, if you will, of of being In my case, Mexican American being born and raised in America is that the people that my dad is closest to, I'm not the closest to. Yeah. So I think that's a hard reality to kind of accept is be like, I love you, but I don't really know you. (laughs) Um, But that doesn't mean like I'd never, I don't want to go back. Like, I think. It's just a very different world. It's
0: it's a, a out of your comfort zone. Not in yeah. my comfort
7: yeah. zone, but you know, <laughs> the other piece too is like, so I went there with my dad, and um, he was just telling me all these things. He's like, keep your phone in your <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. backpack right. in the front, and I'm yeah. just like, God, okay, I'm listening. Don't worry, I'm listening. I promise. But it's it's kind of Scary. funny because you're just like, okay, I really am in a different world. Like, hey, right. okay, mm-hmm. like I'm following your rules, you know. But then it's like I get to my parents' house. Or, I mean, uh, my uh, family's house, and it's essentially, like, that's a safe zone, if you (laughs) (laughs) you will. But um, I think with with kind of what you were talking about earlier, too, in terms of family, it's, like, in Mexican culture, um, you build your nests, if you will. My dad calls us, kind of, like, refers to us as, like, rats, meaning, like, (laughs) the people don't leave the nest. Like, the family continues building, and the house gets bigger and fuller, Mm -hmm. and so, like, I remember when I went young, when I was younger, and I went and uh, like it's my grandpa's house, and uh, it was only two stories, right? So then this time that I went around, it had a third story to it. There was an extra addition in the back, and I'm just like, this space is not huge, exactly, but like, you know, everybody's living there. All all my uh, dad's uh, nieces are living there with their kids, and and I was just like, wow, this is like. (laughs) Insane. So, <laughs> right. so, like, how, how do you marry somebody, live here, and then feel like there's privacy? Like, right. you know, a sense of, like, you know, I don't know, just like that you can quiet. live quiet <laughs> in like your own life right. separately. Right. But I guess it's the difference, right? It's like growing up American, that's what you're, you you see in other families is that they grow up and they move out of the house and that's the norm. Right <laughs> it, There, it's that's not the norm. So. Right. But, you know, like. I think that's just like a whole nother, like I talk about this with like my husband. I'm just like, what if I was born in Mexico? Like I would have never met you. Like I would be over there. My Spanish would be so much better. Like, <laughs> you know, it, and it would be, you know, potentially living in this space too. But right. there's always that what if, but I think at the very least to kind of just like wrap this part of it up is that like, I am grateful to be able to go see who I am in a very different space in a very different kind of way of living because it, I ultimately feel still like even more connected even when I left like I just kind of felt like this this is my family this is still part of my roots this is still important and valuable and you know like I want to take my husband one day and they can both call us gringos and gringas right <laughs> <laughs> you know but um but yeah I think that's uh, that's the perk of being uh Mexican American is that you really get to have kind of two homes in a way. Or in your case three homes. Three
0: right, homes. Right. that's no, so funny that you say that cuz I feel like it it is an experience. I like went and see my my father um this summer. Um I went to Florida. He lives in Florida. We met a handful of times but um it's him and he has, I have a brother and a sister and like a little bit of family down there. So it's always like that awkwardness because I didn't grow up with them. Yeah. But it's weird because I look at my brother and we look like twins. So like we're into the same thing. So we have like, we have this commonality, this connection that's just like, even though we didn't grow up with each other, it's there. But then it's like everyone else is just like,
8: Shh,
0: yeah, how <laughs> have you been since the last time I saw you? Yeah. wait i never saw you oh no. yeah <laughs> oh yeah you know
2: i saw you in pictures <laughs> right? Last time,
0: right last time i saw you you were wearing like i don't know like a baseball jersey you still have it like it was like 30 years ago i think do you have it kind of see it just because is it really you no but like yeah that experience almost of like which i feel like i'm, I'm looking for my mother went to puerto rico last this past summer And she was facetiming me she got an iphone for the trip she didn't have an iphone
8: (laughs) and she was facetiming
0: me for my grandparents house and i haven't been there since i was like eight and like um i remember it was like a dirt road and our neighbor which was our cousin had a store inside her garage so like you could go with a dollar then and get yourself like dulce a malta and just like you're cool for the day like you're just like all right cool i went to Doña's house and just got that and I'm hanging out for the day and then now it's like there's actual streets there she's like mom's like yeah there's a subways down the street and I'm like subways? (laughs) (laughs) What? Right? I'm like what? I thought down the street was the other lady that sold Limbe's by the school that was down the street He's like no like that house got knocked down I think she passed away and I was like damn subways subways did it but it's all like it changes so much and so frequent but like I remember seeing it and like my g- grandparents always, like, had chickens. And then, like, my mom's on FaceTime and there's a chicken on the table. And I'm just like, <laughs> things change, but then they don't change.
7: Yeah. You, you remember, you like, oh, wait, never mind. No, right. exactly how she talked about
0: it. Right. <laughs> my, last time I remember that chicken was just under the house. Now it's on top of the house. It made some sort of difference. Like, it, it moved. It moved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Estamos hablando, ellos nos están contando de las experiencias cuando ellos han... A haber nacido acá en los Estados Unidos, pero cuando ellos visitan a, a sus familias en los países de origen, la diferencia, como ese contraste de ellos vivir acá y de nuestras costumbres, de nuestra familia, por ejemplo, el, el vivir en comunidad, que nosotros tendemos a tener una familia que viven todos juntos, muy cercanos, también de… Eh, digamos el tener los vecinos de ayudarse entonces ellos están compartiendo esas historias con nosotros el día de hoy yo no he intervenido mucho porque el punto de vista de ellos es muy diferente al mío entonces eh, por eso no he intervenido mucho el día de hoy pero estoy fascinada de escuchar eh, las historias de ellos tres Eh, como es la perspectiva, como qué es lo que ellos sienten, qué es lo que ellos piensan, y pues me ha parecido súper interesante. Entonces vamos a seguir con esta entrevista que Daisy nos preparó para el día de hoy.
2: Exactly, and I don't know if like when you guys go back or like the, you have those moments for like, well, at least for me, my cousins would make me speak. You, you mentioned like la gringa. And then you get there and it's like completely different and you're like, oh my God. And they put you through the Spanish test, at least for me, and they make you speak Spanish. <laughs> and then they would say, your accent is so different. Like you sound like, like you're from Spain, like it's so weird, you're so different. And, and it was just like having all those like clashes and, and those different things and kind of like trying to, like what you mentioned, like going back to that, like trying to bond with them learning at the same time, because you never really stop learning, I feel like, especially when when you're um, Latino American, you never stop learning, you never stop learning the language, you never stop learning the cultures, and you never stop learning from other people. I, I've i had experiences here in the Berkshires where, it's, since the population has grown, like I've gotten to talk to the new immigrant students who are at the same age as me, and they have so many stories to share, so many things um, that they share that they bring with them and it's so interesting to learn you know how different it is from their perspective and then like having this kind of sharing our perspectives but also being like from the same culture and having like that what if what if I was born there what if I what if my parents had never come here and I I'm just interested to know like have there been um other experiences where you've had the opportunity to connect with other Latinos and and really learn new things every every day about your culture, about your heritage, um, and about like who you are and how you kind of represent that in your in your life.
0: Um, I could go first, I guess. Um, <laughs> not in the sense like when I was younger. What um what's really cool that just recently happened when I started my new job. My supervisor, he's Puerto Rican, and he's from Puerto Rico, and um. Just some of his, he's like, yeah, I grew up in Puerto Rico. I came, moved to New Jersey, and like uh, told me a little bit of his story and how he got to Pittsfield and where he is now as a supervisor for um, DTA. And I remember just like, man, I felt like a kid again because I'm just like, man, this guy's like, I could look up to this guy even though I'm <laughs> 30 years old and I'm like a grown man at this point. I'm just like, man, like, this is crazy because I feel like it's kind of cool hearing these stories because I haven't heard, I feel like maybe I've never heard one in that context. I've always heard it from someone that's younger than me or similar to me, not someone that's in maybe a higher, better position or a better situation than me. So I'm like, man, that's so cool that like someone can make it from literally, I always think of it like the trenches, like the the dirt, because it's sometimes like you really come from nothing. Families, Latino families usually come from, not usually, I don't want to put in that, but like a lot of the times they could come from literally just what they have on their backs what they have mm-hmm. that's there whether it's their crops that they're growing or like what they're trying to manage it's and right knowledge. and you take it with you and you you just you find a way like it's just you find that way to get to that next step and i remember just thinking like he was like telling me a story how um he was like my, my mom would do chicken like she would will go out and actually get a chicken and she will kill the chicken and like um, pluck all the feathers out and then she would cut it up and like boil it first. And I remember going to my, I think he told me he went to his friend's house when he was a kid when he moved to America and was like, in there frying chicken, but my mom would always boil the chicken before frying. And I was like, your mom doesn't do that. And I was like, <laughs> thinking, like, I don't remember as a kid, like, he was like t- saying that to the kid, like, I, my mom, no, I didn't know that other people didn't do that. Like, you're just so used to your, like, what you live, right? And so I remember thinking, like, my mom doesn't, I've never seen my mom do that ever, but my mom's never been that person to do that right like i this maybe it brought me back to the one i went to puerto rico and i was a kid and i have an uncle that's a goat breeder and he would like he, he killed a goat in front of me and like was like this is what i do and i remember being like eight years old standing there like why yeah why am i watching you tell me this and then tell me that chupacabra comes at night like i was just like t- totally like scared and like I was like, what What am I doing? I remember being a kid crying, waking up from Nightmares from Chupacabra in Puerto Rico at my grandmother's <laughs> house <laughs> after that for, like, a week straight. I was at my grandmother, I think, for a month on break from school. But, like, even all that, like, I remember, like, man, that's crazy because that means, like, I see someone that's similar to me that did it. I could do it too still. And it's almost that, like, at heart kind of thing because, like, you see that sometimes and I feel like I get what you're saying. Like, you see that now that you're younger, you're like, wow, like, there's people – In my community that like aren't my family that like of course your family's gonna tell you like you could do better like (laughs) i don't expect my mom to wake me up at at 18 and be like you're just gonna be a loser go back to bed right i don't i don't expect any parent to do that um but like your parents always and your family always is that motivator to be like you could do that you could do that but you got to sometimes see it and some i saw and i was like man and then he was we're talking one day and my supervisor was like yeah one day i'm gonna retire and then like maybe you move up and i'm like my first thought in my mind was like keeping that legacy of being having a Hispanic person in that in that role. Mm-hmm. That was like my first thing and that I came just cuz I'm just like I just want to keep it going. I don't want it to stop with this here cuz you know, we want to keep this culture of like people that look like me moving up cuz first it starts with them getting jobs. And yeah. that's what our our parents or our grandparents started with them getting the jobs,
8: mm-hmm. right?
0: And then our generation is like the more generation that come through, the next one is like, okay, now they're in, maybe a little higher up in the jobs. Now they're in management. Now they're CEOs. Now they're, that's what we're trying to gain. And I think that's what I want to gain is like, why can't we have like a Hispanic Jeff Bezos?
1: Right? Yeah. Like why, why can't we have a
0: Hispanic Bill Gates? You know what I mean? And not saying like that, that's bad that they're there and there's, you know, other races, like there's the Tyler Perry's of the world, there's the Michael Jordan's of the world, but there's also like. We talked about a bad bunny. Bad bunny. Right? Yeah. Like, who's just like, he's our Michael Jackson of this generation. Yeah. Whether you're Latino or not, that guy's doing Michael Jackson numbers yeah. wherever he goes. And that's for a reason.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So, like, why can't we just keep that momentum going? Why can't I just see someone that looks like me, that sounds like me, that could be like, man, we come from the same country? Like, you know, like, even if you're not from Puerto Rico. And that's what people sometimes like, feel like is always weird. Like, oh, you're not Puerto Rico. You're not from Puerto Rico. Like, B.S. Please, please go tell that to my mom and see what happens. And see what she says. <laughs> see what the I says to you. <laughs> like, um, so like, it's always, always that little bit. I think I, w- I just want to see us win. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I, guess that's it. Like, whether, it, like you were saying earlier, maybe it might be a passion that's not your passion. But as long as you're as yourself, being authentic to yourself, and to the community around you, and and being happy in that authentic self that you're in you're winning. And I think that's what I like to see people do in general. Like don't hide who you are. Don't feel like you can't be who you are. There's always going to be hate and adversity in this world, which sucks, but that also builds that tough skin that, (laughs) that you, you end up growing. Like, uh, our grandparents got tough skin because they were frying chicken with their bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They were really doing pollo frito in the caldero with, like, straight hot grease, and, like, it was nothing to them. I and We're in a whole different generation. We're just, like, learning how to live day by day without people throwing some sort of shade, throwing some sort of funny joke, which we could joke, like we said, it, we joke with each other, but there's always that, like, joke where, like, people take it too far because it'll be, like... Me being Puerto Rican, oh, man, you must make great tacos. What's that supposed to
2: mean? Yeah. <laughs> Are What's you Mexican? That, right? Like,
0: man, where's the best place to get tacos in? Pittsfield. Why, why would I know? Why would I know? Because <laughs> I'm Puerto Rican? Yeah, doesn't that? No. No. Don't even finish it. Don't even finish what you're going to say because it's a no. Uh. It's a no. I make tacos just like you, sir. I go to the store, buy the ground beef, and then buy the the seasoning because I don't make tacos like that. I just don't <laughs> know how. As. small
8: microaggression. Right, <laughs> right. Come on, man. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: I don't go to your house and ask you, how do you drink milk with your <laughs> dinner? I just don't. I don't. Or how your dad makes steak on the grill. I just don't do that. But, you know, there's always those little things where people, and then sometimes you're just like.
2: Here we go again. Yeah.
0: But then you're just like, you know what? Like, if someone was here. And then it could be with someone that's, like, maybe Mexican next to you and be like. <laughs> you're,
8: just, you're, like no, no, you're just like. you know, you
0: know, <laughs> give me an idea. What do you guys, what do you make at home? What did your mom make? What do you. <laughs> right, but now I think it's more the rice and bean thing has come a long way with the memes more. Yeah,
8: true.
0: I think people like tacos a lot now. I feel like that's another thing that came with the growth of Hispanic was the growth of love for tacos. I feel like I didn't think people love tacos the way they do <laughs> so now. like
7: six right businesses taco businesses and if. if- People are only following him, then they're just like, tacos. Right. <laughs> right.
0: I didn't think people knew what birria tacos were forever until, right? like, I think yeah, that's. I
7: was in Worcester and I got, like, some ramen birria tacos. And I was just like, oh, interesting. I didn't know I was going
0: to find this here. I mean, <laughs> no. It was good, no. But... Right. I was um, in training in Holyoke, and that's the Holyoke office where I was working and training is a lot of Hispanic people, mostly Puerto Ricans. And they're like, oh, we got with this taco truck. And I was like, taco okay. truck. Right. I'm like, what do you guys get there? Biddy on tacos. I'm like, oh, where, are, where is this truck? Like, we have to go. And it was like me and a couple of people that were in training. Mind you, it was like me, the, probably like five other Puerto Ricans, and then I think uh, a white lady. And, of course, it's just like, not that we stick out like a sore thumb, but we're all there ordering, kind of ordering in Spanish, and she's just like, I'm just going to get like this. And we're just like. <laughs> Of course, oh God, <laughs> the <quesadilla>. right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say. it. I didn't <laughs> want to say it, like, <laughs> that's what she did. Yeah.
7: It's oh, like, I don't mind saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it reminds me when I first moved out here. Uh, I was talking to my grandma on the phone. She only speaks Spanish, and she's asking me how's it going. Cause she's never been out here. She's really only been in California, and um,
0: this would be a wake up call from California, huh?
7: Oh, yeah, 100. percent Well, I mean, it was the middle of winter too, and she's just oh, like, "How cold is it?" Like it's freezing. Don't 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 even
0: ask. ask. (laughs) I hate what family does that. They're like in Puerto Rico, like, oh, is it cold up there? Like, (laughs) you know what? I'll go down there and be in a hurricane right now. That's how cold it is. I'll be in whatever hurricane that's going on that's about to come because it's always one coming. I'll go and just walk into that bad boy if I can just get rid of this cold weather.
2: And they're like, they're like, I want to see snow. I want to feel snow. (laughs) No, no, you
6: really don't. No, but I will say funny related to
7: that is, uh, some of my family still to this day thinks I live in Boston, because they just don't. Yes, you know Massachusetts is Boston. Boston. yeah and I'm just like, no, I live on the opposite side. <laughs> it's called Western Massachusetts, and if you want to be real technical, the Berkshire. <laughs> but I know that's a lot for them to sometimes. <laughs> but uh, with my grandmother, real quick is, um, she was just like, oh, so how you know like are you, how's like the food you know kind of thing, and I was just like, what do you mean? She's like, are you able to like you know, have some Mexican food and I was just like, no, I don't don't have anything close to that, you know? But it was like, now now I've learned to find the spots. Now I can survive a little bit without feeling like, when's the next trip to California? I need my Mexican (laughs) fix. But um, no, I mean like, one thing I also wanted to add to, I think we're roughly around the same age, Um, but I will say going back to the learning component what i'm learning at this age now is also the piece <laughs> that relates to kind of unraveling our parents like traumas and oh issues. yes yes that's been hard and i don't know maybe you're kind of gonna you're kind of experiencing it but i feel like our generation is talking about it a lot and 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 so i just feel like that's been interesting conversations because like uh at least in mexican culture there's the machismo is really dominant still and that's been uh, as I've gotten older a little bit hard to just be okay with it like like mm-hmm. I feel like I have to speak up about it where I'm just like no like things are a little different now like it doesn't have to be just like dad's the breadwinner and like that's right it. right yeah. right but like i mean there's other things i'm not just talking about that too but it's like I guess trauma is related to them moving out here too, right. and just being like, "Well, I had, like, you know, I had to survive. Like, I had to figure out life, and I- that's why, like, I couldn't have empathy or I couldn't do this and that." And it's just like, "Okay, like, it's my job to just over. Like, you know, <laughs> break that and just like be better." And that I think that's been a little hard in some ways. It's not that I feel pressure from my parents, but I do feel like I want to be a better person, and right. I do mm-hmm. want to show that that like my future kids like um you know there's a better way and and I think ultimately like I don't blame my parents I'm not like upset with them No no I, I get what you're
0: people. saying cuz I feel like um my mom's always had that tough skin and would yeah. always like I think when you grow up in a situation where or or live in a situation like I remember being a kid and my mother's telling me to go um I think it was like in Big Y here in West, in Pittsfield West Street and like telling me to go get milk maybe. And the lady's like, she's telling my mom's telling me in Spanish. And the lady's just like, go back to your country if you're going to talk like that. Mm. And so my mom just turned around and was like, listen, B. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you have no idea what Puerto Ricans are. And like just started like, and I remember being embarrassed. But now I look back and I'm like, that lady probably needed it. She just yeah. kind of needed that awakening. <laughs> and my mom's always been that kind of person that's just like, she'll tell you like, I was born and I was raised and I was born in Puerto Rico. I don't remember much about Puerto Rico, but I was raised in like, she'll say like, I was raised in the ghetto in Springfield and Hartford, Connecticut, where like I had a fight to just be myself. I had a fight just to to live my life. Like, and, and so she still had that chip on her shoulder for the longest time of just like, no, you're not gonna let that, you're not gonna let that slide. I'm like, mom, is just a parking spot. It's
1: yeah. just a parking, it's just mm-hmm. a parking
0: spot. Like we could, we could walk it. I'll drop you at the door. <laughs> I don't mind. No, we're not, mom, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not, the Karen's not worth it. No. (laughs) It's not, those things, and I feel like, yeah, there's always, and it sucks because I feel like now I have kids and I have that kind of, like, I grew up a little bit with that, so that's part of my, like, reaction, knee-jerk reaction. Sometimes it's just, like, take, bite someone's head off, and then Mm -hmm. I'm looking back and, like, my fiance's like, Kev, like, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm embarrassed because I just, like, I just, I went about that the wrong way or, like, even that with, like, conversations. I grew up with my mom and my stepfather, who's great. He's Puerto Rican, too. He It was funny. He's, like, New, New York Rican. So he was born in New York, but, like, he's Puerto Rican. But that New York is completely different than Puerto Rican, where yeah. it's, like... Mm-hmm. Whole different. It's probably like same thing. Maybe like California, like that. Like Hispanic from California is a little different. It's almost like it's own other country, mm-hmm. right? Well, maybe. I
7: would almost say too. Like if you even look at like Texas. Yeah, yeah. Cali- maybe Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then that's a whole different type of Mexican.
0: Then than the, yes, like, something like yeah. that, right? So like, um, that machismo thing wasn't there because my mom was the machismo. Like she's she's. <laughs> the one. And that's where my mom was just like, listen, like it's my house, my rules, and then like. I remember my brother moving out like, <laughs> 17 or 18, and it was, like, because it was mom's house and mom's rules, and it was just, like, to this day, it's still mom's house and mom's rules, mm-hmm. and, like...
7: But there's something to be so, still very, you know, proud of, because, like, you were just saying, like, oh, it's, like, your knee-jerk reaction is oh, similar. But I, and, and I know you probably feel the same way in that, like, it's made us who we are. Oh, like, it definitely you
0: know, has. That, it's almost part It's almost part of your character. Yeah. It's almost just, like... But it's, like, almost, uh, like incredible hulk like you just do the wrong thing and then like you and like it's not instantly that your clothes and you turn green and your clothes turn purple and then they start ripping off or anything <laughs> but it's a sense of like they woke in that beast that's just a part of you <laughs> that thing so like and i've seen that with my mom plenty of times where she's just like and she will tell you she's proud of it she's like i am i had to beat this lady's butt because right? <laughs> of a, B, C, and D and like all right mom <laughs> we don't need to talk about that anymore, right? But like then it
7: becomes our responsibility, right, to then We're the parents, stuff. right? We're the parents <laughs> to
0: the parents at some point, right? Like, yes. it's almost like, so it's, it, it's funny in a weird way, and it's, it's so weird because I grew up in the community here in west, in west side of Pittsfield where my brother was in high school in Taconic for a little bit. My mom would let him have his friends over. They would, like, do their thing. So, like, now my brother's older. And his friends are older, and they're like, I'm in my thirties. They're in their forties and fifties, and um they're just still like come up to me in these like older guys, gray hair, like, man, how's mom doing, man? And I'm just like, <laughs> she's doing great. Like I don't even know what to tell you. Like she's doing, man. I when I, you used to be like this big, man. I'm like, I don't even know you, <laughs> right? So it's always like community thing where that even like. My mom was always that kind of person that would want people around. Whether it was family or not, Hispanic or not, she just wanted to fit. And I feel like even my brother growing up in the 90s and going to high school, I remember he told me, he was like, I remember coming here from Jersey, Kevin, New Jersey, no one had cars. Like we took the buses, it's Metro City. White kids had cars here. So I begged mom for a car and she got me a car. I was like, yeah? Then I just started skipping school and just hanging out with my friends and I'm not and I'm like, Okay, so you ruined it for me. Like I like, no, 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 right, you ruined it for me. But looking back, like he used that as that thing and my mom was like, I don't want him Yeah and I I, I know that's how she felt. I never had the actual conversation, but I don't want him to feel that he's different. Yeah, Because of the situation. Exactly. And it's tough because as a parent, you got to find that fine line. Even as a fan, like, right? You just want to find that fine line of, like, want well, my kids to fit in, but I want my kids to know that they're not less than.
2: Yeah, than the American kids. I feel like it's, it's, like, it's, like, like you said, it's, like, the Incredible Hulk, and then you're also, like, like, on top of that, like, you, they never make you, it's almost, like, double the, the like, role because they are also, like, they're struggling themselves they're learning at the same time with you and like i've like been thinking about that a lot like they're learning at the same time you are like they're learning things about this country at the same time that you are and learning different things learning how to adapt um how to basically like start survive survive. (laughs) right (laughs) and i i just think like my mom you know had to start learning things how to do things here but also like have to take care of like a young kid by herself and then just like on top of that it's like double the effort and i just it's incredible but yeah i remember like even as an only child which is like weird for like hispanic family like you, you don't really see only child um only children but like she like made me feel like like i wasn't less than, never, and she used, like, the, like, she, I don't know where, but she had, like, all this force and all this, um, strength to, like, really be not only, like, my best friend, but a mom, and, like, in all these situations that I saw her in, even if language was a barrier or stuff, she would always find a way to make herself be known and, and push herself and, and make me at the same time feel like I wasn't less and make me feel, as much part of of this community as a part of you know her community and what she had known and what she had grown up with and I think it it's incredible I don't know if you guys like you know think about have these moments where you think about yeah like I was different like like I have like all these different things and like my my friends you know tell me about like their dynamics in their family and how mine are different but I it's like it's cool to see that and go back home to your parents and like really see like oh man like I got this like different teaching this different parenting style that almost is more like a like an advantage rather than just like feeling like weird like I right. did when I was younger.
7: Yeah, no, I um kind of mentioned this before, but it's like as I've gotten older, it's like I really have gotten to appreciate just all that my parents have done, and my mom, in some ways, w- has been and she still is like kind of like a single parent because my dad's a truck driver, so he's mm. constantly you know out on the road, on the oh, road. Right. so she really had to be a parent, but not just a parent to me. My parents ended up uh, 13 years later having my sister because this was not an accident. I like to clarify they wanted <laughs> to have one more kid <laughs> yeah. before she couldn't, she was 40. So, so right now, she's raising a 17-year-old. So, Mm. she's dealing with a whole other generation. Mm -hmm. So, it's not Mm -hmm. even... She's also, like you said, she's still learning. So, it's not... It's just non-stop. But, um, but yeah, like, because she she was kind of that single mom in some ways, in my eyes, she was picking me up, taking me to dance, figuring out how she was going to get me on this field trip and do this or whatever. And, like, I... I guess I I always grew up with two parents who worked. So that, in my eyes, was the norm. So, like, if I needed to be, like, at summer day camp or at daycare or whatever, like, I never questioned it. Like, I knew, like, almost like I knew my responsibility. It was like, okay, they need to work, so, like, I need to, like... Follow the rules. Follow the (laughs) rules, (laughs) go with it, and, like, be supportive in that way. And so... But, yeah, like, you know, just it's just, like, I don't know how she does it because I feel like now that I'm doing a piece of what she's doing i'm just like i don't even have kids yet like once i add that like how am i gonna be super mom i don't even know um but no i mean like i'm incredibly like proud of her and my dad too i mean look he makes his own sacrifices in his own way he's he chose that type of work um mostly because he just didn't want to sit in a cubicle (laughs) but he he chose it too because for him like we're the most important thing. Like he yeah. wants to support us, and, and if that means working his butt off until he retires, and then that's that for him, that is the goal and that is the role that he mm-hmm. plays. And, um, you know, I'm very, very grateful that, like, he puts us first in that in that way. I mean, a lot of people will see it, especially. I mean, I've heard it before, where it's like other people are just like, "Oh, where's your husband?" or whatever mm-hmm. to my mom, I'm just being like. He's working, you know, like but like I think some American cultures, like you're 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 used to seeing sometimes a stay at home mom and things like that, but it's right. just like, no, that's not every household, and like it's not like, you know, I don't know, it's not how they're maybe envisioning it. Right. And it's just like, come on, just like be fair, <laughs> right,
0: right. Um, <clears throat> I've always had like. I don't want to say love and hate for my mom. My mom's... (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so bad to say it like that. Me and my mom always butted heads because of just, like, her attitude and just her demeanor. But also appreciate my mom because she um, has come from a lot. Uh, When I was a kid, she got hurt working. She herniated four, her disc, and her back and two in her neck. So she's been on Social Security since, I think I was, like, seven or eight. So, like, I've, I've always lived on a fixed income. We always lived, like, in, like... Subsidized housing. We always relied on things like food stamps and things like that. So like, I always knew my mom made it work with the with what she had. And I sometimes as a kid like look back and I'm just like it sucks because you see your friends like having living their best life because their parents are like my mom worked overtime. Look at what I got like, mm. or my dad did this and like I was like cool. And it's just me and my mom and my older brother. And um, at times I didn't appreciate it. And then I think I grew older and more fond of just like man like she. She did what she had to do. And I think um, that's what I I took as being a parent. When I was becoming a parent so young, I didn't have a father figure to be like, man, like I had a stepfather that was there for a lot of years, and I still am really good friend, like contact with him. We talk a couple days out of the week. um, But he was gone by the time um, I was going to have my first child. And um, I was gone, he was gone then. And my brother was just going to jail uh, for the first time. And so it was really like me, my mom, my fiance, my mom being Hispanic mom was like, you, th- like, not in a bad way, but like, now look at yourself, like, how are you going to go to school? How are you going to do this? And like, mind you, my daughter looks just like my mom,
8: just <laughs> like my mom now. Like they have
0: like the, like, they look so much alike. It's kind of crazy. And um, she just wanted better. And I, I think I didn't take it in that way, but like, I looked at her and I'm like, and I looked at my what I didn't have for my dad, and thinking like, all right, I gotta do better, and I use that as that motivator of like, I know my mom tried, but I know that wasn't always the right way. I know my dad wasn't there, so I know at least I know at least being there is half the battle, but not the complete battle. Like, how do I how do I step that in? How do I? When you never had it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it was a lot of me reflecting, and I still do that now, and I still have those conversations with my fiance because she's known my mom since I, I'm thirty one. She's still 29, plus a year. Um,
8: <laughs>
0: um, she doesn't want to. She knows if she's hearing. I know I'm gonna hear when I get home. But I don't know. I asked her. If she <laughs> she went to my daughter's basketball game, so I don't think she's she's probably home by now. But um, she knows how far I've come in my in my mom has come in our relationship together, and then of course of growing. And she's just like, we call my mom Graham at this point because we have two kids. That's who she is. Is just Graham. She's like Graham. Graham's come a long way, Kev. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then so we have those conversations and um and I guess like I probably don't appreciate her and show her that I appreciate her as much as I should because it it was a struggle. It's always a struggle when you're not and I hate to say it like this, but we weren't built for this country. This country wasn't built for people like us originally in no. mind, in plan. So it's like it's a struggle when you have to fit yourself to the situation at hand. And then, of course, things happen like um, just the laws and, like, look at the laws in Arizona a couple years ago with everything. And then, like, this wall situation stuff a couple mm. years and all this stuff that just adds more, adds more layers to the Hispanic community of making it, like, tougher. And then, like, why people don't talk and why, like, they don't want to express these conversations with each other and they don't want to tell, like, I'm scared because this is my status here, and I don't want to, you know, I'd rather live my life like this here in fear than go back because that's going to be worse, right? Yeah. Like, And it's it's tough because, like, I always felt like I am fortunate for being Puerto Rican because of what we have done for the government at one point. We're United, Citi- United States citizens when we're born. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through the struggle of going through immigration and going to get... Um, legal permanent resident cards and trying to figure that process out we're just we're lucky enough to just be in that situation so i always like take that a lot for granted like i take that in a heavy hand like man like i know some people came here and literally had a suitcase yeah. literally had a suitcase with probably like three days worth of clothes yeah.
8: mm-hmm. and sh-
0: and just I rode that suitcase <laughs> as fur- far as they could and then you see them and they have like a corner store they have their own little business they have their own job doing this or they're doing something to provide and it's always i think like with our generation what i've learned was like yes there's that machismo thing of like you as a man you want to provide for your family providing is always like to me half the battle because you could provide for your kid but then if you don't know your kid You're not gonna have that connection with your kid. You know what I mean? And it's cool. It's always cool, especially when you're young, it's always cool for your parents to be there doing that. But then as you go older, you're like, Man, I wish I had a little more time to like Enjoy. Right. Or to you to understand me. And I've learned that because like I don't have that relationship with my dad. Like, yes, he helped he helped pay for some of the things when I was younger because he had to. It was court (laughs) ordered for him to. But at the same time, it's like I would trade that money back just to have a relationship with you, just to be like Can we just go shoot some hoops can we like
2: that's the thing that's the the other thing thing like that yeah i think that this has come up before but like a lot of people bring up that we're like some other latinos come here and they're so hyper focused on providing on on money getting money and disregard other things like something sometimes because there isn't any time but also disregarding you know learning english or like having the time to spend time with their family and those things that aren't as normalized i think you kind of come in here and you have that like work only 24 7 kind of mentality rather than the spend time with your family you know it's okay to relax sit down and then years go by and it's kind of like it's too late it's too late and it's that weird kind of those weird connections that you have growing up and that you kind of like look back on and you say you, you like
0: resent it a little honestly yeah you just exactly. resent it, like. And it sucks because you don't want to resent it. Because it's course, their sacrifice. Yes, you it's know? Their sa- but at the same time, just like, <laughs> th- did, that, did that really matter in that moment And some things? I feel like it's tough because, like, my mom tried her hardest, but my mom wasn't always there to meet me at the level. Like, I've always been. I grew up in an era where, like, gaming started being a thing. So I, like, <laughs> played, like, Mario Brothers. I played Sonic. I grew up on stuff like that. And my mom was never the one to be like let me just try so like now I have a son that's just like that's all he does is like (laughs) I don't want to play Fortnite and I'm like all right bro we're getting on Fortnite right now let's go (laughs) let's go get a W really quick and and we really bond over that and it's like I try to I try to implement that with him and even my daughter like she's really into basketball and I grew up with my stepfather teaching me baseball teaching me basketball and I always like love that about him of just like he he gave me that opportunity to like like a, like sports and like the teams that I like and like all this stuff and I'm going through that with my kids now because it's just like I want that for them too to at least have that connection because as much as like that providing was was really it was great it was awesome of course I'm never gonna not I'm never gonna say why do you provide for me <laughs> right like you're it's not just like <laughs> right right but you're gonna look back sometimes when it's like the times are gone when one of you are gone and just be like man. I wish i had like a little more time i wish yeah. i had five more minutes
8: mm-hmm. five that's
0: always going to be something like that right so it's like cherishing that because just that land that connection with your family especially because family and and like as our highest, our highest regard is like land community right like your best friend could be your best friend but you consider them family if you grew up with them and they're like been there for you for the longest time like my best friend that's my bro that's my brother like yeah. Like, we hung out on New Year's Eve, I gave him a hug, like, I love you, you're my brother. Mm -hmm. And even though he's not my brother, he's my brother. It's weird. And you probably, we all have that at some point. So it's like that family thing. So you want to try to cherish that because eventually you either build it like your family does or people start breaking off and doing their own thing. And I think that's more of our generation now. We're, like, tired of being with each other all the time. We're just like, I'm going to go do my own thing. You do your own thing. We're going to do it like everyone else. We'll meet on Thanksgiving, Christmas. Maybe Easter, because...
8: American
7: side of Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I will say, too, real quick, is that, um, you know, like... If my... <laughs> my parents are extremely proud of me. But if they ever are like, oh, you're so far away, and I'm like... But you started it. You're the one that moved to a whole <laughs> other country. Right. <laughs> and they're like, but you didn't have to pick all the way across the country from us. And I was just like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, like, I mean, family is huge for me. I miss them incredibly all the time like i'm I'm fortunate in that i get to like see them at least like twice a year if not more but you know like i do i'm at the age where i'm considering having kids and i do think about these things of like oh my god i don't know about you guys but i'm lucky in the sense of i can rely on my family to to wanting to support my kids and i know you have your mom right so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like that's another perk of Latino families that you get to have kind of the uh resident babysitter (laughs) right (laughs) well right Uh, but then that also means you know we got to take care of them (laughs) right no that's
0: that's really how it is it's so funny because um I was so young when I had my daughter that I had supports through the community whether it was daycare or something for her to go to and I was when I had my son I was such a better financial place that I didn't qualify for that stuff so it was like Graham, Graham at the time was like, you can just drop him off with me. So it's been like his daycare was Graham, and then now I work till 5, so he gets out of school, and Graham picks him up. So he goes to Graham's, like, every day. Him and Graham are, like, like two peas in a pod. <laughs> it's so funny because it's just, like, he knows it. He loves it. They fight because they're, like, fight like friends And my mom. My mom fights with him as, like, listen, you little little POS. <laughs> what are, we're not handling it. We're not doing this. And he's just like, Graham, shut up. And like they'll go at it it's so funny um but their bond because of that because of that it's just like unbreakable like if something god forbid like graham wasn't able to answer the phone for something he would freak out like it's one of those things
8: yeah.
0: um and my daughter was like that a little too more but he well, was less because she went to daycare so like mm-hmm. my mom really essentially helped raise my child because i was in, at work and his mom my fiance was at work so it's like it's graham that's toys. Was me. Yeah.
7: I was that my grandparents are well, it's just my grandma now. But like my mom's side of the family, that's what it was. They would go to work. I would hang out with my grandma. My grandma and grandpa. I actually called them by their first names. I never called <laughs> them They were Reina and Seraphine. That's what they were. I don't know why I adopted that, but I just did. Um and Sounds
0: like coworkers.
7: <laughs> but I think it just proved, like that's how close you get, right? right? To the point where it's like call me whatever you want, I guess. Like, you know, but I, I owe them everything in terms of simplicity. I That's the one thing I remember. It's like they didn't have much because they were living with my uncle and um, where I lived was more in an affluent area. So it's, I'm again, I'm not the family that was like the typical like East LA kind of Mexican household kind of thing. But because I was there, They maybe had a few TV channels, but I was like playing outside. It was just me at the time too. So I really got to like bond with them in a very simplistic way. Um, Just being excited about like some food that I'm just gonna eat with Mm. my grandma. And like, we didn't have to talk much either. Like. I learned Spanish from them mainly. Like, my mom was always just like, Spanish was your first language. I don't know why, why you're losing <laughs> it. Right. It's like, I live in the Berkshires, mom. Come on. <laughs> right. I don't get to practice it all the time. But at the same time, I was able to just, like, appreciate my grandma, who has no more than a third grade education, who's just street smart, amazing. Mm. My grandpa, who got his citizenship, and just, like, just still gonna speak Spanish, doesn't matter. Right, <laughs> right. But like, again, we didn't have to say anything, but their presence was just so important and big for me to, that I felt like I learned so much just from that being there, being very appreciative of just like, I guess where I was, even though I didn't understand it at the time. And it's right. like I grow up and I'm just like, those are some of the best memories I have. Like it wasn't like, they didn't need to take me anywhere. They would take me to get ice cream at El Fue Loco, <laughs> which they don't have here, but like, um, and that was a special day. Or I'd take the bus and go to the the local mall or whatever, and, like, that was a special thing. Or we would go around the corner, and there was just some stairs to the second floor of some building, and I'd be running up and down them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my grandpa also made uh, bicycles from scratch, and so, like, I would just ride him to the post office and back and just watch him make bikes. And Or we'd go to the, um, they, what is it, the flea market or whatever, and um, I remember, like... I remember this, like, I found it, I think, but it was like this little Lego guy or whatever. But, like, he's looking for other things and he's, sca- I don't know, just finding parts, I gu- I'm guessing, for like <laughs> it was just moments like that where they're very distinct.
0: You can almost smell yourself in that moment. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I remember going through that. I had my aunt help watch me when I was younger, my mom's sister, when she lived in, in Pittsfield, still, and I just remember similar moments. Like, it wasn't like I went anywhere, it was just like, the environment. Like, it was mm. just like just the same environment that you're in. Even as simple as like watching TV and like a TV that looks like it's made out of wood, <laughs> right? Those old TVs that look That's, like it's like a wood box, but it's yeah. really a TV inside. And just like eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just like
2: yeah.
0: watching like. N- right.
2: Telenovelas. <laughs> right. You're,
0: just, you're watching it, not really getting it, but like your aunt's just like, my aunt would be like into it and you're just like, okay.
7: I'm like, sure, don't Francisco, sure. Okay, right, why not? Like, right. <laughs> you know. Like, I, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy that would always uh, do the astronomy.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Oh, oh. What's his name? Do you oh, know? I know who, I you're know talking, who you're talking about. I know you're talking about too. You had to be quiet when that guy came on yeah. right after the news. Literally. Oh
7: Con mucho my mucho amor. niño. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh I, when I first saw him
0: I thought he was a, fe- I thought he was a lady like the hair and everything oh yes
7: no because it was a full on like, yes. cloak that looked yes. like a dress because we didn't know any better at no.
0: that age no
2: like, no no but we're waking up to Despierta America with the music yes. <laughs> oh my god
0: I just remember my mom watching the news and like what what just happened like nothing literally <laughs> <laughs> or
7: just like some dramatic something
8: right. and
0: you're just like what happened like was again like, uh, right what happened I was like no it was like a Actually, community service for Daddy Yankee. He did it in, like, <laughs> so why they sound like the world's going to end? Like, why, why are they interviewing everyone outside like it was just a bomb? Somewhere. No.
2: All right. I hate to cut this conversation because it's been so interesting, and it's been wonderful to talk to you both, but um, we're past our time. But uh, thank you so much again for joining this um, discussion table, round table, um, and sharing your experiences and just really quickly, just any quick shout-outs that you want to give um, to your families or anyone who's going to be listening to you.
7: Thank you for making me who I am, allowing me to be in the where I am, successful, I'd say, and uh, I don't know, just love my mom, dad, sister, and the rest of my family. So thank you.
0: Mm. Um, I'm going to second that, and thank you for everyone that if they're listening, which I don't know if you are or not, but um, mom, thank you for everything. Um, everyone that's ever been, any person in my life, I wouldn't be here without you telling me something, even if it was like, move out the way, stupid. Um, every single every single thing led me to where I am now in life and I appreciate that. Um, my kids aren't probably listening because they don't know what a radio is. They didn't grow up with like satellite <laughs> radio instead, but like Kevin, I love you. Jalen, I love you. My fiance's listening, which I asked her if she would. Um, maybe she is, maybe she's not. Caroline, <laughs> I love you. I'll see you when I get home. And we just got a new puppy not that long ago. So if Gunner you're listening,
2: I love you too. <laughs> Shout
7: out to my husband too,
8: Dylan
2: Canavan. Puerto <laughs> and Chilean. Awesome. So uh thank you again so much for being here and um again. This is Melissa and Kevin and make sure that you check out that this interview and um, when it comes out tomorrow on Friday from four to six. And thank you again all for all of our listeners for tuning in here on Mundo Latino, Recordando tus raíces, welcoming listeners of all nations. And you heard them here first, but um, here are some of our Latinos in our community in the Berkshires who make the difference and You had the opportunity to hear their wonderful stories and their anecdotes. And it's Latino Latino leaders like these that we like to highlight and bring here because we all know how important representation is and to know what's going on in the community and who you have here representing. So we are in very, very good hands. And um, again, you two are my role models. I look up to you immensely. And thank you so much uh, again for being here.
1: Bueno, nos despedimos. Hemos tenido una charla fenomenal, ha sido muy interesante y muy enriquecedor para mí escucharlos, escuchar las historias de ustedes y algo que quiero resaltar siempre es para ustedes el, el hecho de estar donde están hoy día, la importancia de la familia, de sus raíces, del sacrificio de sus padres, de que ustedes no serían lo que son y donde están hoy en día, Gracias a estos valores que fueron inculcados en ustedes y eh, es maravilloso escuchar y saber que a través de la conversación que ustedes tuvieron, qué tan valiosos han sido sus padres para ustedes, me encantaría un día poder tenerlos aquí en el programa. Qué buen trabajo les diría y qué grandes seres humanos eh, eh, ayudaron a crecer y con grandes valores que son. Entonces, como lo dijo Daisy, son un gran orgullo latino. Para nosotras Es, es muy, eh, nos sentimos muy orgullosas de que ustedes estén representando a nuestra cultura desde el lugar donde están trabajando. Muchísimas gracias por su tiempo, por compartir sus experiencias y por estar acá con nosotras en el día de hoy. Qué buena manera de empezar este año 2023 con historias tan in- inspiradoras. Muchísimas gracias.